0: Welcome to the Apartment Operators Podcast, where you can learn from experienced operators what it really means to be an apartment operator. No fluff, no sugarcoating, just the raw, unfiltered truth of the ups and downs of operating multifamily communities. Welcome everybody to the Apartments Operator Podcast. Today we have a fantastic friend of mine and a great operator. We have Alina. Alina, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Joseph. Thanks so much for having me
0: absolutely it's a pleasure to have you after all this time uh we start the conversation with giving our guest a few minutes to just tell the audience a little bit about themselves and the background so why won't you take the uh, steering wheel here for a second
1: sure uh, i'll try to give you the abbreviated version of who am i and where i come from uh started my journey many months ago as a tax accountant, and switched to information technology worked in IT for over 20 years, and while in IT, I started investing in uh, syndications passively. While doing that, realized the need to bring syndications up to market and share what I was uh, doing and how I was generating income with the uh, other community. So I started my own company, Samo Financial, about three and a half years ago. While going through that journey uh, last year, as we all know, COVID happened, so my full-time job was eliminated and I decided to go into real estate full-time. After I went into real estate full-time, I was then introduced to the new partner of mine, uh, Mike Zlatnik, and I joined his team, TF Management. That's where I work currently as uh, Head of Investor Relations um we are a real estate fund management company uh we invest in other people projects um that's on a high level and nutshell my abbreviated version
0: awesome well congratulations on the move to 100 real estate um it's a little bit scary but also a little bit exciting right yep. uh, a lot of us made made that move and um so we bring operators, right? This is the Operative Podcast. And I know you have your own personal story about operating and, and dealing with some of those challenges. So uh, usually we start with, just tell us a little bit about the portfolio that you're handling, right? The stuff that is in your direct asset management. Sure.
1: Um, it, our... Portfolio, as Joseph mentioned, includes passive and active opportunities. In terms of the active opportunities, it's mainly apartments. Uh, they are in a secondary to tertiary markets uh, in general. So I figure this is mostly workforce housing type of projects.
0: Okay, great. So uh, the question we ask all of our uh, operators is third party or in-house management?
1: Unfortunately, third party.
0: That's a fantastic answer. So why third party and why unfortunately?
1: So um, I've always wanted to have uh, permanent partners and I'm now at the point where I join CF management where I have the same group of people I'll be working on moving forward. Uh, But before that, when I originally started my journey, um, I was working with um, different partners And there was no way to scale it because I was trying to work with various people to see who would I want to work with long-term down the road. And hence, there was never an opportunity to establish that in-house property management company. But otherwise, I'm a, a strong believer that If you have the same reliable partners, people you are planning to work with for a very long time um, and planning to grow your portfolio, having your own in-house property management company is absolutely a must. Why is that? Because everyone does business in their own way. Uh, When you are the one, uh, as they say, when you're the one ordering the orchestra, ordering the music, paying the bills, you're telling them how that music is supposed to be played and what you want them to play. Same applies to the property management company. Uh, depending where the property is located, and in our case, you know, I'm talking about um, secondary market. Uh, you want people to number one to be catering to that particular market and you want them to know the the local laws. Um, You want them to uh, operate the way uh, people in that market are operating and catering to the tenants in your community. And so that um, you're number one, attracting the right tenants and number two, Retaining the right tenants uh, and screening tenants in a way you want them to be screened. So these are the tenants that will stay with you for a long time. You don't want to be really going through the revolving door and keep changing the tenants every single year. Believe me, we had some cases where we had the months to months or six months leases, and it's far from ideal. But when your vacancy rises and then goes above 10%, 12%, and so forth, there's nothing else you can do. You, you need to fill it in, and even the, you, you do what you can. So you fill it in with temporary uh, people, whether it's month to month or six months, something, so you can start generating income and paying your investors.
0: Yeah. So, so it sounds like your insights come from experience, right? So yeah. tell us a little bit about um, the struggles that you've had working with third party and, and how you would address it otherwise when it's your own, right? So um, just for my knowledge, does TF Management Group have a property management uh, division? Mm-hmm.
1: No, TF Management Group is a real estate fund management company. So yeah, they do purely fund the funds. So we do purely fund the funds. No, they they don't have operational experience. I've done it myself through Samo Financial when I was uh, still operating uh, and partnering with other people to buy the properties.
0: Got it. So so help us, give us a few stories or a few examples of what led you (laughs) to those insights. Because we had the same insights, right? We took over management of our own properties in February of... uh, uh, 2020, just before everything exploded with uh, the coronavirus. And then in the first few months I had in my mind, it's like, this must have been the worst time in, in history for me to take over management, right? Uh, but then hindsight, a year, over a year later, I'm looking and say, this was the absolute best time for me to take over because I don't know if we would have survived the, the, the last year and a half under COVID terms uh, with a third-party property manager, we we would just absolutely not survive it. So, um, so, so give us a little bit of your experience and your insights.
1: Sure. So I'll I'll concentrate on this <clears throat> one property where in in the last uh, in during three years we had four property management companies. Our <clears throat> mistake was. Sticking to the residential property managers, the ones that used to manage single family houses or loops and triplexes, they just have um, no no background on managing um, apartment complexes. So when you have 20, 30, 50 units, you're still much better off, even though it might be more expensive, you're much better off to switching to the commercial property management company. number of reasons. First of all, I saw the difference in... um, using the software that was not suitable for apartments. Number two, the approach, uh, when when they were bringing people to do the renovations, again, they were concentrating on each individual unit rather than thinking in volumes. We need to renovate, for example, two, three units um, every so often. And we would tell them here, there are three units, let's renovate them in the next three, four weeks and let's do it in bulk. Uh, they they would bring this contractors that would drag it over a period of two, three months that would take forever to do it. And it was just absolutely insane to work with them. And then other examples, typically, Commercial property management have their own bookkeepers, and while you still need to have your own bookkeeper to do the books, but at least uh, the way they present you the information is the report generated, let's say, through a folio or another commercial app. Where when it was with the residential, oh here, yeah, you have um, pieces of information here, pieces there, and you have to manually combine it and put it together to pass it to your accountant. So it was really. A nightmare for us to manage all that and granted they were good people but good people is not a profession you, you don't need you need a professional property manager to deal with the tenants the tenants plus on top of it the tenants in the apartment complex are typically not the tenants you get in a single family house single family houses for the most part are um families that stay in there for a very long term, either because of the school system or because of the jobs that people get. Um, When it's apartments, again, depending on the size of apartments, in our case, it's one to two bedrooms. So we were attracting a lot of singles um, and a lot of couples or maybe families with with one kid. So these are, again, people working in a neighborhood that they, they need decent living and they need access to highways and they would stay longer in your community if they know that the maintenance requests are taken care of on time they know that uh, the neighbors they have uh, the ones that they want to live next to um with the residential property manager i noticed that they didn't pay much attention to um screening screening in the detail to to the level of details we want to be screened and, and they were also not coming on premises often enough so uh even before covid for instance while we had one of these residential pms we ended up having someone living in the attic of one of the buildings he, he probably lived there for at least six months you know how we found out i hope you're sitting down Yeah he fell through the ceiling into someone's apartment <laughs> thank god nobody was killed but nothing happened but this yeah. would, I mean, yeah. what how in the world this could have happened i mean how he got into that attic why the attic was open why nobody heard him why none of the maintenance people ever met, noticed him i have no idea but he was living there for six months so you can only imagine how much trash was so lifted out from the place. And you know, got, nothing happened to him. We were able to, you know, just call the police and escort him out. But uh, stories like this, they are incredible and they only come when you have the property management not paying enough attention to your property.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and what I've noticed is because I now that I have my own property management company, I also talk to a lot of other property management owners. And I noticed that even the ones that have hundreds of single family properties under their umbrella, they still don't have exactly what you said the infrastructure that the multifamily owners really need, right? We need the right accounting system. We need the the, the follow ups. We need the system for renewals, right? Uh, and, and the make ready. And make ready cannot take a month, and make ready cannot. Um, uh, be at retail prices, right? Um, we can't afford having an AC, retail AC technician come out every time one of our ACs is down, right? It's, it's insane. It's, it's very expensive. So they just don't have that same infrastructure even when they go very big, right? Um, the, the best example I help uh, people get the, the difference is if you have a single family house rented and the tenant pays on time, and you never get any complaints, you don't go there.
1: Right.
0: It's quiet, right? Yeah. There's no reason to go over there. It's usually, it would mean that the person in that house, when they need to change a light bulb, they change a light bulb. When they need to uh, uh, um, unclog a toilet, they unclog the toilet themselves. They don't need to call you for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's called quiet for a, a single family uh, um, manager. This is a best tenant possible, right? For us uh, in, in the multifamily world, we have to walk every unit every three months for pest control to check the smoke detectors, change AC filters, right? There's always, we got to check for squatters in, in vacant units or in attics, right? Um, we have to check for um, pets that were not in the lease and then showed up. We, we do all these things as a routine thing. Mm-hmm. While we can't say it's like, oh, this guy paid rent on time, never go into his apartment. It doesn't work like
1: that. Right, right, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, examples like that go, go on forever. I mean, even a simple thing as advertising vacant units. I, I remember when we had the residential PM it would take weeks literally to put it out there and then have it on social media. And in some cases, I had to physically put it myself on social media where uh, they supposedly had a person dedicated to advertising uh, where when we switched to the commercial property management company, um, when I told them that you know we, we have these units coming up that's gonna be vacant, they've put the units up online the next day. I mean, and that's the kind of service I want to see. And ideally you want to see, you have the expectations to have this kind of service in all of the areas. But again, when it's not your property management company, um, don't don't expect that, you know, the the mountains are going to be turned for you. They will do what they can, but you're one of hundreds or maybe even thousands clients that they have. So they need to serve their clients. So, Bottom line is you always have to stay on top of their mind, and you you always have to follow up. If it's your property, you follow up, and you find out when when they if they do things that you ask them to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a golden nugget right there, right? It's like it's your property. Nobody would ever treat it the way you would. Nobody would follow up the way you would. Um, so um, just it's an opportunity for me to give a little tip from from the way we do things, right? So we always have units that are either available or coming up being available, right? Mm -hmm. And unless you're 99% occupied, you can leverage that tip. So instead of putting um, unit J1 or K3 or unit 34, we just use the layouts. So we'll put a unit A or A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, C2, and we'll advertise the layouts. So when they come in and they say, I want A2. Okay, this is what I have available for me too. So our marketing is constant without having to change anything. Now, every once in a while, we'll have a special on a specific layout or special for a specific unit or whatever it is. Then we'll target market those. But we have a constant marketing going on just based on the layout. And the pictures are of our model units. So – so, so that keeps things flowing we're also a, a broker so we put them on the mls and that propagates to hundreds of websites like every mls is in this uh, in this time and age so well, we just continuously market the layouts instead of marketing a specific unit
1: yeah yeah that makes sense and we've done it when we had a lot of vacancies when it was like five or six vacancies and uh, if we, what we would do is we would put, uh, put a representation of the unit type. So let's say one was one bedroom, one was two bedroom, yeah. the layout is the same you know, as long as the same size. We would just put the unit up there uh, without indicating which unit it was 1A, 1B or so forth. And just say we have one bedrooms available and two bedrooms available. And that also allowed us to keep that advertisement for a long time until we filled in the vacancy. Yeah. In general, what I noticed in our case, at least uh, when we had higher vacancy, we implemented the tenant referral program by uh, giving tenants uh, uh, like gift cards, you know, anywhere from $50 to like $75 to $100 gift card for bringing their friends and family. And that seemed to work well because number one, they were bringing someone who they know and they want to live and plus they they were making this uh, extra bucks on the side. So that was helpful as well. So for those that are maybe challenged with a higher vacancy, uh, giving your tenants a little something in return for recommending your property always helps as well.
0: Yeah, and and I've read multiple uh, industry researchers that show that someone that got referred, um, both the person that referred them and they usually stay longer and um, pay on time. Because, again, you know, if you brought your cousin, you don't want to be – or your cousin brought you here, you don't want to be the one not paying and your cousin is going to look at you funky, right? For sure. Uh So a little peer pressure there as well. So it's kind of like we we like referrals. We also have an ongoing referral program all the time, uh, and we appreciate that. Um, The thing that, again, lesson learned in blood – we only apply the credit uh, or give the gift card after three months so when they move in they have to be in the apartment three months later in order for the resident to get the gift card Um, so yeah Um, so you have implemented and i'm sure through tf management you guys are always looking for ways to implement value add, right so uh, we ask our guests to give us uh, two three methods where um, we're going to look at both sides of the NOI, right? Increase income and decrease expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, two, three examples of each that are not the obvious one, right? So not raise rent and, and apply rubs, right? We're looking for the more creative ones uh, uh, for the income side of things and on the expenses side of things, uh, whatever you guys come up with, right? So um, share so, a few ideas, a few things that you guys have done or you've seen other operators do that you thought, ooh, that's awesome, uh, um
1: in terms of the income um what i've seen was a great idea is adding a pet park even though it did not directly increase rent uh, but i saw it brought a, a different type of clientele people that wanted to have their pets in the house so they would be paying for the pets and that brought of course extra income uh, without having that pet park uh, people were that, that had the pets had second thoughts whether they want to bring uh whether they want to reside on their property or not but bringing the pets into the place that has a pet park help uh to bring that extra income in house so that was helpful overall um outside of the rubs what else have i seen people do so what we did at our property we actually had these storage uh, compartments within each building uh, that were filled with junk. So we emptied them out and we started renting them out for whatever people needed it. It was maybe one or two storage compartments in the building. So we, we emptied it out and uh, started offering to folks that needed that extra space. On the expense side, for us personally, believe it or not, the huge saving was switching to the commercial property management company. At first we, we didn't realize, but then over time we, we saw the difference. Residential was just so much more. And not only the upfront cost how much they were charging, but also in other um, charges that, that we mentioned. Uh, contractors, uh, re- renovations, making the units ready, uh, do, doing the uh, regular maintenance work. Um, the, the prices that the commercial property management company had already agreed upon with the companies that were doing the, these mass renovations or mass maintenance were so much better because they were able to negotiate due to the volume. And that, that was a huge saving for us uh, in the long term, for sure. So, so that was really helpful. But even with that, so you know, outside of saving an income and reducing the expenses, um, Back to the topic, you you asked initially why it's better to have an in-house property management versus the uh, out-of-house. I had a story where we we had this extensive uh, utility bill. Um, It was extensive water bill on one of the properties. And I asked our property manager as to have they looked to what, what was happening. And I don't know if you remember Joseph, we had a mm-hmm. conversation about that, what can be done. And you recommended this creative method of buying the thermometers and uh, feeling the temperature of the first floor, whether it's risen or not when it's, if it's hot water to see whether there's any water damage. So I told them to do that. I also told the property management company to check the water meter uh, every single week on the same day at the same time Uh, so i've been getting weekly reports with that number and it hasn't changed so even though they weren't able to determine uh, where the water damage came from uh, but i also told them to uh, follow up with the water department and find out Maybe the, there was a faulty water meter or something happened, you know, the water company that, that caused uh, such a tremendous increase. And the increase was, was pretty high up. It was uh, in a four digit numbers, which was big for, for that type of uh, property. And they told me, yes, we followed up. Uh, water company didn't notice any changes. And um, when I asked about this call, they said, no, no nothing was granted. Well, guess what? I didn't want to leave it like that. It was the bill was three times more than the typical bill. So I called the water company and asked for a manager. Manager was on vacation. I followed up a couple of weeks later. And guess what? After a conversation with the manager, our bill was reduced by at least 50%. So they gave me the credit. Why? Because I followed up and I stayed on the case.
0: Because you cared?
1: (laughs) Because I care, yeah, because it's my money. I don't want to pay my money, my my investor money for this property, but I stayed on top of it. Uh, Even though the PM told me, yes, we called, we followed up, asked for credit, nothing happened is there a way for me to find out if they called? I, I don't know. Maybe they've called and just weren't uh, insistent enough to, to get that credit. Or maybe they didn't call. I have no idea. But I know w- what I was capable of doing simply because I followed up and because I cared.
0: Yeah, and, and this is one of our biggest changes when we took over management was uh, we realized that um, what I basically did is I tightened up the leash, right? Nobody could spend a single dollar, not even a single dollar without going through me in the first few, few months. And all of a sudden our expense rate dropped. And I'm not kidding. 30, 35%, which is Amazing. huge. It right? is huge. Um, And it just shows you just about waste a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot of waste because well, it's not their money. And it's like, I need this part. And it's like, I can go to the shop and dig it up and figure out where that part is or i can just go to the store and buy a new one
1: i have a yes i have a story on that too we needed a new uh, washer i think so the pm this was back with the residential pm so the pm sends me the estimate and and yes we have this threshold i think at the time it was maybe 500 so he said we we need a new washer or i don't remember what it was so he says the new one costs let's say 1100 i don't remember and um i said why are we buying new so i called the local stores in the area and i found the store that was selling refurbished and they they had not just one they had three in a range between three and five hundred, I said, "Here is the store number. They have three units for less than fifty percent of your price, and they're refurbished, and they can deliver it to you tomorrow." He's like, "Oh, you know what? We've shopped in that store before." I'm like, "Why didn't you even think of calling them? What? Why it's supposed to be me? I have to call thousand miles away, not living in the area. I have to find, call these stores and find that out where it's." Purely the job of the project the property management company.
0: Well, and this is where the rub is, right? Their job is to manage the property, not to make you money. And that is, I think, where our industry is really messed up. And and I wish I had a, a better mousetrap, right? Or a better way to compensate property management companies. Uh, but they're not compensated on the bottom line see some pe- some owners incentivize on increases in NOI and stuff like that but
1: mm-hmm.
0: as far as they're concerned if it's a new refrigerator or a refurbished refrigerator I don't care
1: yeah
0: right it's gonna be extra $400 dollars for you it's not gonna make a big difference for me right because I collect as a manager I collect from what I um, the money that comes in on the top Yeah. right I, I get percentage of percentage of that. And that is really where things get really, really bad because, um, and I think I told that story on on the podcast before, um, um, we had a few fees that were never charged to the resident and they accumulated into about $25,000 a year. So for us, when you look at a capital of five, six, seven percent, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars. But when you look at the property management company, it's 80 bucks a month. Not sure. what, what what can they what can they do with eighty bucks a month? They definitely can't afford have a person go through all the ledger accounts of all the residents and all the leases to make sure that all the fees are charged correctly, because yeah. that financially makes no sense. It'll take more than three hours worth of work, and you know, eighty bucks.
1: Yeah, they
0: don't care. You're right. right. So 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 that's really where it is. It's kind of like why go the extra mile because they're not getting compensated for that. So that's why we felt that we had to go to self-management I can tell you, I will not buy another property with third-party management. I just won't. Sure. Okay, so that's awesome. So, so I like what you said earlier about the pet uh, uh, park and that is indirectly adding <clears throat> income to, to your property because people with pet, they pay, pay pet rent and pet fees and so on. And um, again, I, I read industry research all the time. Pet friendly is one of the top two, top three amenities that people look for when they look for an apartment complex.
1: And it has increased during COVID. Actually, there's statistics, and I don't remember the exact numbers that uh, there's a, a significant increase in uh, people buying pets, adopting bringing pets, bringing yeah. pets to their home. Now, so yeah, that's for sure is a huge trend.
0: Yeah. So. so um, two things out of that one, right? Is When I read that article two years ago, um, I went back to our website designs and um, when you look at our amenities and our community amenities, pet friendly is top one, right? Because that's the first thing they're looking for. Um, but on the other side is what it helps is with the stickiness of the, the tenant to the property, right? Uh, um, I like it here, my, I can take my dog to this little park here, but if I go over there, they don't have a park, mm-hmm. right? So all of a sudden I have one more reason not to leave the property, one more reason that helps you increase retention, which is super critical in the multifamily.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that this is uh, one of the top things that listed on your website, because uh, it is so popular now among not only millennials, but even families to, to get a pet. And so they're always, always looking for whether the community is pet friendly.
0: Yep, absolutely. So I'm gonna be conscious of your time. Um, if, and that's another question we ask everybody. If you go back 10, 15, 20 years, right, to younger Lena, right? What would you tell yourself? Right? what advice would you give yourself? And I tell everybody you cannot tell yourself that two thousand and nine was the bottom by everything. okay? So other than that, what advice would you give yourself?
1: I would say uh, to start educating yourself about real estate and start investing as early as possible. I wish I started much, much younger. Than that.
0: Any real estate?
1: I, I would say, yeah, because uh, you, you need to figure out what's the best thing for you. And while for me now, I, I believe in, you know, long-term buy and hold commercial real estate, uh, there are people that do really well with notes. There are people that do really well with uh, the warehouses, uh, storage, and so forth. So I think to each his own. But you need to find a niche that will work for you. I personally believe in generating passive income. So that means you, you're buying, you're repositioning, and holding well performing property, whatever it is. Uh, but some people just want to be active. So to, again, to, to each his own. To, for me, c- commercial is it but that's
0: you know that's my choice awesome yeah no you're absolutely right everybody have their own little niche and what they're comfortable with and everything um with you um i started with single family right i started with rich dad poor dad like everybody else but i really really fast learned that i'd rather be on the commercial side of things versus the the residential side of things and then i heard you say passive right um operation is not passive in any way shape or form uh, so for me, it's basically a full-time role uh, um, on top of the other four full-time hats I have, right? Um, but, but I love it. I enjoy it. Just like you, I have uh, 17 years history in IT career and, and I made the move. And, and I like I said at the beginning of our conversation, it's a little scary and a little exciting, but, but it's definitely, in my opinion, was worth the, the move.
1: I agree. I agree. So awesome. I want,
0: to, I want to thank you for being on the show today. And if any of our uh, listeners wants to reach out to you, find you, invest with TF Management or SEMO Financials, uh, how can they find you? And obviously, we'll put everything in the show notes.
1: Sure. They can find me either on LinkedIn or on TF or on Samo Awesome.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Alina. We definitely want to have uh, more female operators on the podcast you're our second one and and we're excited to have you um uh, and for you the listeners if you want to listen to more of our podcasts just go to itunes teachers soundcloud amazon wherever you consume your podcast we're pretty much everywhere and we would really appreciate if you could leave us a feedback one star five star whatever you feel our podcast is worth please leave us a feedback thank you so much and we'll see you soon Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to enjoy more episodes, please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. For questions or feedback, please visit our site at www.aptopr.com.